Good morning, everybody. I am going to continue Clayton's prayer because prayer is very good. So pray with me. You don't have to stand. <laughs> Father, thank you for being real. Not only real to us, but real with us. Thank you for being in this room this morning. And I say, Holy Spirit, have your way. I yield the floor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love hearing people say amen. That's good. I'm not going to point anyone out, but uh, I have some family here this morning, some of whom have been here before and some who haven't. And one of those is my mom. My mom and my sister are here. I don't even know where she is in the room. Oh, there she is. <laughs> I think it was somebody else who just pointed her out to me. But mom, you're a big reason why I'm standing here. I just want to honor you for that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for letting me do that. Since I'm here, I want to let you know a little bit about my family. We have three kids. They're all over there, and, but one of them joined us in worship this morning, and I'll get to that. But my daughter, who just turned seven, for Valentine's Day, she made the family, she's very artsy, she made the family hearts out of construction paper in our favorite colors to bless us. One of my favorite colors is black. <laughs> so I received a black heart. <laughs> in love. Uh-huh. <laughs> our, our son, who is nine, turning ten soon, I just have to say, uh, give this one up to the Lord, he, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit last night during our meeting when we broke the fast. And the words coming out of that child to explain what he felt happening to him. I didn't expect, he is verbose, he knows words, but I didn't expect those words, and he asked this morning if he could come join us in worship. Yeah, he said, yeah, I like worshiping in there too, but it's more powerful in here. He's not even 10. So, thank you, Lord. Yeah, that's worth sharing. That's very good. Uh, around two years ago, after a fast in the church, I believe, people I was around started to experience breakthroughs and healing and other miracles. It was something like maybe 18 or 20 miracles in 21 days. Yeah, oh. I started writing them down and sharing them with the leaders. That turned into being tasked with keeping track of testimonies in the church that I heard about or that I was involved in. It was an opportunity for us to begin taking hold of what God had been doing in our midst and how his people were being affected. Changed. This wasn't an official duty and it didn't come with a title. And lots of people don't know that I record them in my phone as I hear them, whether I was personally involved in them or not, which means there are more. They have changed my life. And I've learned that they're contagious. 
They're contagious, and that's the point. If they're contagious, then you can be changed. And that you can be an agent for change in someone else. Amen. Or maybe a group of people. Maybe a family. Maybe a nation. Ooh. Yeah. So I want to share with you this morning some things I've learned and continue to learn from them. God is a wise, patient, and eager teacher. So let's be students together. I invite you to call to mind a recent change in your life, in your thoughts or your emotions that you would say originated from God, supernaturally, not of your own doing, even if you think it could have been God. Remembering this change, even thinking about it, and especially talking about it, renews and establishes the very thing that occurred. That's where we'll start. Talking about it can spark that same change in anyone with ears to hear it. That is, people who God is priming to experience his nature in them. Romans 10:17 says faith comes by hearing. Yeah. Participation is good. And hearing by the word of God. What you're doing, in a sense, is sharing a legal testimony of the power of a supernatural God that is impacting you in a natural world. Things happen when a testimony is shared. Our faith isn't event-based. It's not meant to achieve high moments for us or to achieve failure when we lack it. At its core, it is to know God. Our faith is relationship-based. John 17.3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Relationships and friendships can ebb and flow with events and circumstances. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our relationship, our friendship with him is substance. Our position in his eyes remains despite the high and low feelings of life. The works that God does those changes that you notice, the miraculous, are not event-based either. They are part of God's nature. They are not subject to lights turning on after the show is over. They're not subject to a curfew. Their power and the wonder they inspire are not designed to inspire like a show or simply stop after an event is over. God is showing us himself. So what are they designed to do? Number one, God's works are designed to change the atmosphere you're in. The spiritual realm is affected by words, which bring power. 
Proverbs 18.21 says the tongue has the power of life and death. 2 Corinthians 4.13, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. God's words created something out of nothing. Since the earth was created from the spiritual realm, God's realm, in Genesis 1, you are in it. You are a new creation, according to Galatians 6.15 and 2 Corinthians 5.17. The original language actually calls that word creation new species. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus in Ephesians 2.6. Therefore, the new you, the real you, exists in both the spiritual realm and the natural one. I trust that today begins or reignites a life from this perspective. You see the effects of the spiritual realm in the natural realm with physical eyes, though it doesn't appear as a physical thing, a lot like wind. A different example is this. The actual house of a painter can't be present in a painting. They can only be represented. Our words affect the spiritual realm. Being created in his image and now reconciled, he desires for us to learn that words create and change things. His words did at the scene of the biggest atmospheric change in history, the creation of the world in Genesis 1. What was introduced when God spoke to the darkness? Aspects of himself. Because he imparts and bestows his nature into his creation. Heavens and earth had to be created. That's substance from nothing. The dark and formless world took shape and structure. That's order from disorder. He spoke his creation into being, so his voice brings his nature. It restores, it renews, it redeems, and it creates. His nature is everything that he is. Love, gentleness, comfort, confidence, truth, order, vulnerability, creativity. I love this worship team. Love this worship team. Generosity and freedom. When the Spirit of God is present in an environment like this one, and some will recognize it tangibly, things, these things increase or are sometimes altogether introduced. Mark 6.56 says that whenever Jesus went into towns and cities, people would bring their sick to the marketplaces and everyone that touched his clothes was healed. They sought out him. The environment around him was different. Think of the attitude changes 
that must have occurred in those marketplaces. Consider that when someone brings cookies or popcorn or coffee into a room, you can experience some of its effect on you simply by being near them. Smelling good is part of their nature. Fire is hot by nature. We can experience the heat by being near it. This is something we're used to. God's nature is more robust, more multifaceted than those things. His nature has elements that go beyond our natural senses because he is supernatural. The presence of God might cause a headache to lessen or disappear, or a broken bone to heal, or an idea to appear in your mind, or your heart to soften with honesty or forgiveness. These are all elements of his nature. God's works are designed to repeat themselves. Some biblical meanings of the word testimony are to return, to repeat, to go about, to go around and around, to do again, to restore, to relieve. God's desire is for us to return in our speech, our thoughts, and our actions to what he's done. God's works are not to keep us in the past, even if they are in our past, because our past has been purchased. It's why in Scripture, Israel is always reminded to remember what God has done. By embracing his past faithfulness, the events and stories become a launching pad for increased faith in his future faithfulness. I propose that this is part of the way to John 14, 12, doing greater works than these. God's way is to bring the same resurrection power, dunamis power in the original language, that enabled the first event to power the next one, to do it again. A story, a young man who comes to our life group got a job after receiving prayer. Not long after that, someone else in the group needed a job. Go figure. He shared his story, God's story, and prayed to have that same power that was released for him over this next person. The prayer was answered. Then someone else needed a job. They both prayed over this situation. The prayer was answered. Then a fourth person answered. Then a fifth answered. This happened 23 times by my count. Yeah, well. The natural realm is relieved of its current condition by God's supernatural works. Simply by sharing about them. It is waiting to be relieved. Sharing his works helps to restore his original intent for his creation. That's to know that they are loved, provided for, 
have a purpose and are more than conquerors in Romans 8.37. Number three, God's works are designed to build on themselves. Similar to a drop of water expanding in ripples, the initial spot is affected, but so are other spots around it. It is also a physical representation of the body, soul, and spirit being affected by changes in the spirit realm. When Jesus shared his life with 12 people, it gave 12 people the opportunity to trust him and follow him. We know about the early church from them. It's because the early church grew beyond them as it was designed to. As those 12 men learned to embrace Jesus' thought process and likewise place their trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through them like he had with Jesus, the true nature of heaven continued to be released where they walked. One of them had a shadow that healed someone in Acts 5.15. They had already begun to do greater works than these. In Acts 19.12, we see that Paul's handkerchiefs or aprons were coveted and were stolen. Not so that money could be made, but because of their intrinsic properties, once they came into contact with Peter. The scripture says that even the handkerchiefs and aprons that him were taken to the sick and the diseases and evil spirits left them. They carried the presence of the risen king. Peter was so saturated with it. Sorry, Paul, thank you. The rags did the work for him. Testimonies do this. We have them, and when we use them, people can receive them in faith to encounter the same nature of God that we did because they carry God's nature in them. Matthew 15, 18 says that what's in our hearts will come out of our mouths. Consider that God's stories leaving our mouths are a form of that saturation. Another story. A couple shared about a time when they had each individually experienced a measure of breakthrough in different areas of life. But at the same time, they were enjoying spiritual growth together. A few weeks later, someone who heard this story shared that since hearing about that breakthrough, she herself had experienced a level of intimacy with her heavenly father that she had not known for years. She had felt the presence of God simply while listening to someone else's testimony. And it reminded her of how God the Father felt toward her. Instead of wishing she had been a part of the experience that she overheard, she took hold of the power that was present. Now that young woman's story becomes its own launching pad. God's works 
are designed to cause you to seek him. An example that we're familiar with is that road signs are not your destination. They just, they just point and they let you know where you should be going, not that you've arrived. And if you don't see any, you may need to adjust your direction. The thing about road signs is that we tend to stop looking for them when we think we know the way. I knew I'd hear something with that one. Mm -hmm. God wants us to keep a record so that we can be reminded of how wonderful he is and whose we are. This is not captivity. This is security and freedom. There are churches that employ people full time to track down and record every possible story of God working in the midst of their church body and around their church body because God is affecting their cities through them. One of these is Bethel Church in California and it's not for bragging rights. It's because they've come to see how different every meeting is. No matter what day it is, where it is, or who it is, when God's stories, testimonies, take priority over any agenda that exists. Charles Spurgeon said, people say of God's works, oh, that was a long time ago. Was it not God that did it? Does he change? I heard no, that's correct. <laughs> His name a long time ago was Yahweh. I am and I will be. That name has not changed. What you have experienced of his nature or what we as a church body have experienced <clears throat> or what you've heard that someone experienced does not limit what we as children of the king are capable of experiencing. In other words, your current experience is not your ceiling. There is always more of God. He does not run out. He is the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Some translations say imagine. According to the power that works in us. That's Ephesians 3.20. How big is your imagination? How big have you allowed your imagination with God to grow. We are called to bring the atmosphere and reality of heaven here. That's Matthew 16, 18. God's imagination began that. 
yours along with his continues it. Here are a couple ways to get your imagination started. These are true stories. Baby flipping in a womb prior to labor. Laying hands on a swollen ankle and watching the swelling go down. A mouth sore vanished. Backs being healed. Bruises disappearing when something else was being prayed for. Migraine headaches stopping. One account goes like this. I grew up with migraines, but didn't know they weren't regular headaches. I just wondered why other people could function so well when they had one. It was an ongoing issue, and pretty much anything had to take a back seat to them. A friend in the church prayed for me one night as I was coming down from a migraine. He challenged me to say something out loud as a declaration in the spirit realm and write it down as a note to myself so I wouldn't forget. It said, tonight was my last migraine, September 18th, 2018. They have not come back since that night. The fear is gone. That one's mine. Amen. Back spasms and hip pain stopping on the way into church. Family relationships being restored after years of silence. Legs growing out to match each other in length and ending hip and back pain. Food allergies healed. Little Michael Grenfell can eat pizza now. A child can eat his favorite food again. There is joy like this available even as an adult. Yeah. Fear and anxiety being replaced with peace and confidence. Nightmares turning to good dreams for children and for adults. Raises, bonuses, and promotions at work. Some that were requested and some that weren't. Business contracts being signed at crucial moments. Restless babies sleeping soundly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thyroid levels being restored to better than normal. Cancer healed. Not just in remission, removed. Prophetic words being repeated by multiple people at different times and locations. Family conversations going beyond usual topics and turning to ongoing conversations of God's activity in their lives. I received a prophetic word from someone around 10 years ago about God's activity within my family. Recently, it has started taking shape. 10 years ago, 
That's not to say that God took a long time. I share this to say, don't lose hope. Our hope is not in this world. I'll quote a little bit of a song that I didn't know we were going to sing this morning. I have access to what songs we'll sing, and I didn't look. (laughs) The one, probably the one Sunday I didn't look. Our hope is in the perfect love and perfect plans of the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness, the light in the darkness. My God, that is who he is. Index fingers have been healed through words of knowledge. Even this little part. It's a small physical issue, but it is a big deal to God. The natural realm is being relieved, and there is more to come. I'm going to pray and do something with you because we're in this together. I'm going to give space for us to speak with our Father in heaven and listen for an issue that needs a heavenly invasion. Something will happen. It could be relieved, uh, it could be revealed in a few years or this afternoon or this moment. This moment could be the moment where you realize something has already changed. If you don't have faith for that, then just use mine. (laughs) To encourage you and brag on the Lord. I've practiced this message before in this room. Someone in the room was healed just by being in here. Yeah. Let's be ready for more. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. Thank you for your presence. Your life-changing presence. Thank you for every body and every mind. Every walk alongside you. Every little bit of faith in this room, every little bit, even if it feels like an accident or you don't have words for it. I thank you that these were all purchased and resurrected in your name to get to know eternal life here. Thank you for being yourself. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen.